Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Well, it is Halloween, the time when we start looking for the world that is usually unseen, expecting it to become a bit more prominent as that veil thins. And it occurred to me yesterday that maybe this would be an interesting time to give you a bit of a tip about the hidden world that's around you all the time and signs and symbols and structures. I'm talking about things associated with secret societies, secret agendas. And what's funny is that I have been initiated into societies that are exclusive, shall we say, and I won't get into detail. But what I find intriguing is that often it's surprising you see that some of these organizations that have a reputation for being a, quote, secret society are really not that secret. They are putting everything out there in plain view. You just don't necessarily know what it means unless you are initiated. So it's not a secret. It's about understanding what you're looking at. In fact, I would say that there are far more secrets, things that are specifically not talked about, that are, you know, brushed under the rug in big corporations, in families, private things they don't want to discuss, in governments, and in those organizations versus some of these societies, clubs, whatever they may be, that you would think of as being a secret society. No, the thing is, um, a secret is something you're just not supposed to talk about at all. You're not supposed to reveal it. You're not supposed to display it. There's a difference, really, between keeping something hidden and just, um, like I say, putting something out there, but, uh, knowing that only certain people are going to understand what it's all about. And secrecy, by the way, should not automatically, uh, in your mind, smack of something negative or sinister. Let's look at your PIN number at the ATM, for example. Okay, that's a secret, that ATM number. You don't want me to get on this podcast and give out your ATM number. Now, are you up to something no good uh-uh. No, it's just because, obviously, you have to have ways of restricting access to things that not everybody deserves to uh, to have a share of, right? You can't have everybody with their, uh, just going up to your, your bank, your ATM there and withdrawing your money, right? You'd have no money tomorrow. So secrecy can be a very good and important thing. But let me give you... Um, a clear example of why that say when I go and visit a place like Washington DC I have a different experience than you might because I see a lot of symbology there that means something to me that might not mean anything to you and that goes throughout uh, well really all all symbology you know, flags coins money especially money But let me give you this as an analogy. Let's say 
you're driving through a town and you look up on a building and you see this phrase every adult dog growls barks and eats now let me repeat that every adult dog growls barks and eats and you just see this on a, on a building well you might say well that's an odd quote and uh, but then you just move right along you know you don't think anything of it really you know you think what why why, why did this is is there something about you know dogs in this building is this a dog kennel or is this some kind of like just some weirdo artist expression like what is that so I'm imagining that most of you listening to this podcast would not know uh, what that meant at all, and you just keep on driving. However, if you do know what that means, then I am going to presume you probably, probably know how to play the guitar. And that is because every adult dog growls, barks, and eats is one of the acronyms used to memorize the strings on a standard acoustic guitar. E, every, A, adult, dog, D, G, B, E, right? E, A, D, G, B, E. And if you know how to play the guitar, or you're familiar with the guitar, um, well, then you're a certain type of person, aren't you? And that changes a lot about your worldview. I I stayed one time with some relatives I, for a month, some in-laws for a month, and we were way out in the middle of nowhere. Real nice place, very nice place, but it about drove me nuts because they had all kinds of goodies, you know, like all kinds of great stuff there that you could entertain yourself with, but not one single instrument, not not a not a drum, not a flute, not a harmonica. Nothing musical whatsoever had had any role to play in that entire environment. And I, for me, I, I don't know uh, what it says about a person. I always need to have some kind of a musical instrument around, and, not, and it's not because I'm some kind of a musical genius or anything like that. But uh, I like having instruments around. It. Uh, a therapeutic thing perhaps but anyhow um i bring this up because i bought a new guitar yesterday and so um and i hadn't played the guitar in a while so i'm getting my fingers uh, you know in shape a little bit but it's fun you know i sit around i play some funny little songs for lauren and and uh you know we just we just get a laugh out of it and we have a good time and I was explaining to her, uh, you know, the process of tuning the, co- the uh, tuning the guitar, and that's when, of course, I started thinking about how interesting it is that life is full of all of these different little symbols that not everybody recognizes. And so, if you are the type of person who recognizes that phrase, "Every adult dog growls, barks, and eats," then that means that you are a, a type of person that's more like more like my type of person okay because that you um you you like having that element in your life you like having some kind of an of a musical instrument so that's a very specific analogy and therefore i want you 
since this is the month of October and we're thinking about peering into other realms and the unknown and the mysterious and all that, I want you to realize, if you don't already, that actually everything in your town is some version of this. So every time you pass a statue or you pass uh, a symbol or a painting or some kind of structure, some kind of artwork, whatever it is, that was put there for a reason by somebody. Doesn't have to be some secret society. It, it's just it's just somebody or somebody who represents an organization that has a particular point of view. And furthermore, an agenda. Because if they didn't have an agenda, probably their point of view would not have manifest into something put on public display. So bearing this in mind, you can start reinterpreting your entire world by considering the intent that was placed into everything that was put there and positioned around you. So even if you have, have walked or, or driven by some kind of artwork a million times you don't even notice it anymore well stop stop for a minute and look at it with fresh eyes and think about this uh like use your imagination what how did this get here you know what really is this and you don't have to sit down and research the official history because usually the official history of stuff is about 75 percent bullshit it's stuff that's put there to sort of um, comply with uh, the accepted model for why that thing is there. It's all PC, right? So don't even worry so much about looking up the official history. And if you do that, consider it a supplement. Instead, look at what's before your eyes. You know, What is actually there? What is it saying to you? What is that signifying? What is it symbolizing? What is it meaning? And if you look at it and it doesn't make sense to you, then consider that maybe there is some sense that exists. It's just that you have to figure out what the point of view is that makes that make sense. If you saw every adult dog growls barks and eats that would not make sense to you if you don't play the guitar and you're going to move right along so stop and look at that and say why is that there and if you want to know you can make sense of and you and then we oh now i know i've done some research it's very easy these days just to type something into the internet you know do, do a search engine uh search and uh suddenly you start seeing the world in a new way and you will find there is an enormous amount of information that is encoded all around you every day all the time and most of it you don't even think about or process now i'm not saying that you you go overboard here and treat everything like a rorschach test right you know where you're just sort of looking at things that don't have any meaning and uh, you're trying to force meaning upon them you can imagine it being in my position that every day I receive uh, pictures of strange things and people are asking for my opinion. And most of the time, it's pareidolia. 
it's like seeing the man in the moon. That is when you look at something that doesn't necessarily have any meaning and you try to connect the dots and make it have meaning. It's like looking at the clouds and saying, oh, there's a dragon, there's an elephant, there's a ship, you know. Um, it's a human tendency to try to make sense out of chaos. Most of the time we do that. So trust me, I am not asking you to go overboard and let your imagination run wild and invent things that seem to comply with or uh, somehow connect with or support <laughs> what you what you want it to be. It's like the guitar thing, you know. That's that 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 phrase from the guitar has a real meaning. You just have to find that real meaning, and that takes some research. It takes a little bit of effort. Maybe you think, however, these days, all you have to do to be a researcher is jump on the internet for five minutes and click around. That happens a lot, by the way. People do that all the time. You know, I, I was I was born, fortunately, at a certain point in history where I got to experience the world before the internet and after the internet. So because I started doing research when I was a teenager, I mean, that, that meant I had to go out and do real research. I mean, I had to talk to people. I had to actually knock on doors and talk to people, go to courthouses and look through records, go to libraries, look through records, you know, dig up things in a physical way. And that, to me, is real research. Now you have a lot of people who just jump on the Internet and they click around for five minutes and then they write some article or some opinion piece and, and consider themselves an expert. Well, that's ridiculous. I'm not talking about just relying on the internet. Sometimes you'll find that the most valuable information is not going to be on the internet. Because when really smart people have really important things that they want to preserve and protect they don't write it down on the internet I can tell you that um, you have to sometimes talk to people engage interact be sociable be charming whatever you need to do if you want to understand because what you find is that most of the time people appreciate interest and curiosity and uh, they will reward it so if you seem to be a person who has your head on straight and you are genuinely curious and interested, if you talk to the right people, then they'll start opening up and they'll share what they know with you. They're happy to do it if you're the right kind of person. But, uh, you know, there are a lot of people out there in the world, we all know that, who uh, they, they just they send you a message. It's a bunch of maniacal rambling. You know, it's funny, I have a paranormal investigation course that you can take online if you go to joshuapwarren.com and uh, you just click the link to the curiosity shop. You can take it online anytime you want at your leisure. And when you have taken the course, you, you, you get to watch all the videos. There's a lot of supplemental material. It's wonderful. Everybody loves it. People from around the world have graduated from it. I pay personal attention to every single student and actually at the end you get a test and I sit down and I personally grade that test 
And if you pass the test, I send you a certificate. And one thing that I tell everyone who is about to take the test is, I am not only going to be grading you based upon your answers. I am going to be grading you based upon your grammar and your communication skills. Because that is an important part of being a good, successful investigator. You have to know how to communicate properly. Keep things to the point and keep it clear. And, you know, you have all the time in the world to return this test. You have the internet there. I don't tell you you have to go into some room by yourself and sit down and do this in an isolation chamber. No, I tell you, I don't care. There's no way. This is a cheat-proof test. You cannot cheat because I don't care. Ask anybody you want. Get on the internet. Research whatever you want. Get out any dictionary or encyclopedia you want. Use every resource at your disposal to give me the answer. But it better be a good damn answer. Okay? I want it worded properly. I want it expressed professionally and clearly. That is a big, big part of being a researcher and being a successful person, I believe being able to communicate and so if you have an interest in understanding those hidden things those special things that might be all around you in your town in your neighborhood and you know some people it's for some people it's pretty obvious like you know the georgia guidestones might want to take another look at those you know it's like but no in most towns it's more subtle than that it's just little things. Um, if you want to know what's happening and you're really curious, use good communication skills. Get out there and do research. You'll find the answer. And suddenly your world will start taking on a slightly different shape. Maybe it's a shape that you like and maybe it's a shape that you don't like. Be open. It could go either way. It just depends. The world's a big place. There's a lot of stuff going on. And every place is different. Every place has its own vibe. You know, in that sense, I was also talking to Lauren about the fact that, you know, when I was in college, my favorite class was philosophy. And uh, we talked a lot about this age-old dilemma between freedom and determinism. The idea is, well, okay, uh, is there such a thing as freedom and free will and the ability to choose what you want to do spontaneously or is everything predetermined well philosophers and scientists have struggled over this since the beginning of time i suppose (laughs) the beginning of organized thought the latest thing the scientists have have said is yes yes everything is somehow predetermined but there's no way you can know what that's going to be, what the determination is, and so you still have to act out your part. And, and you know, I've come to here's what I've come to conclude. If you look at this question of how much freedom that you have to choose your own fate and your own destiny versus whether or not all this is set in stone, if you're going to look at it logically, if you're going to look at it mathematically, if you're going to look at it from uh, 
the, the current scientific model, then yes, it makes more sense to say everything is predetermined and all you're doing is acting out your part right now. But I must tell you, in my gut, I just don't feel that way. I can't justify it. I can't rationalize it. But there's something in my gut that just makes me feel like that I have the freedom to choose. And I've come to points in the road where I think I have actually sat there and I saw a fork. And I'm like, if I go this way, that this is going to happen. If I go this way, that's going to happen. And I make an active decision. Now, but you see, the problem is, no matter what decision you make, you can always say, well, it was predetermined for that choice to arise and for you to make the selection that you made. So you can't get around that. So to that end, you couldn't say, okay, well, it's all predetermined. But I don't think it necessarily has to work that way. I, I just think this is one of those issues that's beyond what we can comprehend. But I do believe that you have the ability to choose. And the choices that you make are somehow going to have instant repercussions that are distributed all throughout the world around you in one way or another. And I'm bringing this up because obviously you need to remember when you look at these interesting things in your environment these were put there by people who made a choice you know they they could have made this thing red or green they could have made it round or square you know what i mean like they could have made it whatever they wanted it to be and if they if they if they couldn't maybe well the, who else is involved here telling them what to do right so when you look at the world that's around you, this didn't just magically appear here. The world is not like a pop-up book where you just opened it. The day you emerged from the womb, the pop-up book opened, and it was all here. No, this is the product of a very uh, gradual process, at least in my own lifetime, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't know. Maybe the Earth didn't exist before I was born. Maybe none of you did. Maybe maybe none of you do exist. Maybe I'm having a dream right now. How the hell do I know? But it seems to me that all of this is the product of a long, gradual process of things that have evolved and people have influenced that and shaped it and morphed it and so you can take something that might seem kind of boring on the surface but you take just 10 seconds longer to think about it and go a little bit below the surface and suddenly you might find something really interesting there and you know what you might even tap into the spirit of the person who put it there and maybe that is the most common form of communicating with the other side, right? That's why history is so interesting. You get to go to some of these places and all those people who were alive at the time this place was built or that monument was put there, they're all dead. They're all dead. You can't talk to any of them. A lot of them, you can't even get a photograph of them. 
but they put something there there's spirits in it what is that spirit saying to you what are they trying to tell you about their point of view on life the past the world they lived in does that kind of give you goosebumps gave me a shiver just thinking about all these things that remain that was their plea they could have left you anything and they chose to leave you this why why what were they trying to tell us Hmm. amazing to think about that i tell you what before i wrap up this podcast you know this is a, a really interesting time here in the united states Uh, I'm very fortunate I have listeners all over the world and uh, you know we have this lotto that's up to 1.6 billion dollars that's yeah with a B 1.6 billion dollars they're going to draw it on Tuesday and so there's a possibility that somebody out there in the world is going to win 1.6 billion dollars and you know it's kind of funny because in some states if you hit the lotto, they require you to identify yourself publicly. Why? I mean, can you imagine what would happen if you're on the news and it says, oh, this is the person who just got out $1.6 billion out of the blue. Can you imagine all the new friends you would have? Oh my gosh. Uh, the phone would ring off the hook, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be horrible. Uh, I, I've seen. I know when I was in Asheville, North Carolina, one time there was this fellow who hit the lotto, and uh, the next day he was gone. His house was like boarded up, and it was a good decision because there were people on his yard. I mean, there, there are. Pe- I think there are people out there who follow lottery winners around. That's their job. That's what they're into. They're like they're. Every day they wake up and they're seeing who hit the lotto. I'm just going to go beg for something from this person. So if you hit 1.6 billion dollars, whoever you are, you're you're going to make national, international headlines. And of course, I'm sure it could break down into you know more than one person. But however it turns out, whoever hits this, you're going to be in the news and you're going to have your 15 minutes. And everybody in the universe is going to be uh what's going to feel like to you that everybody in the universe is trying to contact you and so what i find is if if something big like this is about to happen well there's no sense in trying to contact that person afterward maybe you're listening to me right now and you are the person who's going to hit that you know what's funny is that um here in nevada they don't have a lotto you can gamble at the grocery store at the gas station (laughs) you can gamble all over this state but they don't have scratch offs they don't have the any lotto uh my understanding is the gaming commission lobbied against that so that uh they could keep the gambling within their domain and so uh the other day you know lauren and i were uh, were we've been in california which is on the nevada border and uh, right across the border and you can you can get to the border you know from our house pretty quickly and um when you get to the california border they have a lotto store there and my goodness the line was around the block from that lotto store 
and uh, it was just amazing because I, you know, I thought, well, hell, I'll go in there and buy a ticket, but I wasn't going to stand in line for two hours. It's insane. And in there were people, uh, you know, they've been posting stuff on online, you know, tweeting and stuff, who are buying twelve hundred dollars worth of tickets, thirty-two hundred dollars worth of tickets. I mean, yeah. I think that Nevada should have the lotto and scratch off because I think it's apples and oranges that they just make even more money. But anyway, if you follow me on uh, uh, Twitter or if you, I have an Instagram account, uh, Facebook account, you know, I posted a picture of all these people around the block. So a lot of people are out there trying to win this, which is why it's so high. And so if, if you win this thing, you're not even going to know what the hell is happening probably because your world is going to turn into uh, like a surreal, chaotic experience. So let me just tell you this right now. Let me put this thought in your head. If you win that $1.6 and a lot of people listen to this podcast, so it's possible that, that somebody listening to this podcast will win that thing or, or know the person who does or be a part of it. Well, you have to think about what do you want to do with your life, right? Now, you can lay around in your bed and uh, you can actually have your bed turned into a big toilet. So you don't even have to ever leave. You can sit there in your bed. You can use the bathroom. You can have people bring you food. They'll come and they'll, they'll give you a, a sponge bath, you know, and you can just lay there like a vegetable. A lot of people think Howard Hughes kind of got that way. Or you can you can go out and do something. And that's why you have somebody like Steven Spielberg, who was super rich a long time ago, but what does he do? He keeps making movies. Okay. Look at Stephen King. He was super rich a long time ago, but what does he do? He keeps writing books. Now, laying around on your bed doesn't do that much for you. What keeps you interested in life is uh, getting out there and doing things that you find rewarding and intriguing. So one thing that I've been wanting to get around to for a while, especially since living in Puerto Rico, I believe that I can figure out how to stop mosquitoes from biting people. And I'm not talking about eradicating mosquitoes. I'm talking about I think I know how to create, possibly, an electronic device that is solar-powered that could be distributed all over the world that would prevent mosquitoes from biting people. Now, eventually, I am going to focus on this, but the reason I have not done this yet is I I found that you need a facility that is a biological facility that helps you work with mosquitoes. And that's kind of a weird thing. Because I, I don't want to work on a mosquito project in uh, my basement. You know what I mean? <laughs> you need a special facility. So one of these days, I'm going to get around to it. But let me plant this little seed right now. If you win that money and you would like to work with me to develop this product that will save millions of lives, that will keep people from being bitten by mosquitoes... 100% of the time. And again, I don't know how to do this yet. I just have some rough ideas. I got to do research with real mosquitoes. I would love to work with you. I'm going to do it on my own anyway. I just have to get around to it. But I figure 
I can probably develop the solution to that problem if I really sit down and get serious and build the facility and just put maybe maybe one million dollars into it or two million dollars and I would not take one penny of that not one penny of that for myself personally as a matter of fact once the thing is developed it should not even be patented it should just be given away freely like the polio vaccine you just give it out there to the world uh, and do this for good karma and you know what Maybe you don't even have to hit the damn $1.6 billion. Maybe you're just somebody out there listening to me, and you would like to work with me on this. And you're like, you know what? I would like to go in with you, and let's let's build a million-dollar, two-million-dollar facility, and let's get this done. Um, this is one of my projects that I feel compelled to, to, to work on uh, because mosquitoes love me, and I've been bitten by mosquitoes so many times. And being in Puerto Rico, it really opened my eyes to how horrible that some of these uh, mosquito problems are around the world. This is something that we can solve. It's attainable. And so I'm just planting that seed out there if that's something that would be of interest to you, working with me on creating this device to stop mosquitoes. Wouldn't that be nice if uh, people out there who have that kind of uh, extra money would just instead of buying a yacht or five mansions or whatever just just take a little slice of that just a little slice of that and put it into some some real grassroots research to get something done without the red tape no corporations no patents just get it done get it out there do something good for humanity wouldn't that be nice well that's what i plan to do so let me know if you want to be a part of it All right, well, whoever you are, if you hit it, good luck to you. Godspeed. Don't let it ruin your life. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I guess that's it for today. What a busy week I have. Um, You you know that. I can't believe it's going to be Halloween in a little over a week. I have a million things going on and uh, new things popping up every day. So this is the place to stay updated. This podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. It's completely independent. It's uncensored. There are no sponsors. There are no commercials. It's always short. It's always free. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, there is no period after the P. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, remember now, by the way, you can click the Curiosity Shop and find all kinds of cool stuff there, including a link to take my paranormal course paranormal investigator course online where i also tell you how you can make money doing paranormal investigation it's a business course as well Uh, you can learn about that there but you'll find a link to this podcast and if you click the link to joshua p warren daily you can subscribe through various means or just follow me on twitter at joshua p warren at joshua p warren and i will tweet when a new one is available so thank you for listening Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.